Fam, I want to give a shout out to Brandy Banks of the Forgiveness Movement. Check out her content that is featured on our website, WeAreOneFaith.com. She is a passionate woman of God who is all about helping people heal from past hurt and find forgiveness through her organization, Purpose by God, which helps people find their true purpose within the body of Christ. All of her contact information is found on our website, so be sure to check out and support the Forgiveness Movement. What's good, everyone, and welcome to One Faith. It's your boy T. And we are now in week three of our new series called Meet the Fam. And um, last week, or the last couple weeks, you know, you guys are blessed with the conversations that took place between me and my boy, uh, Rod Butler. And, man, we covered a lot of information. We, we really hit a lot of topics that I'm pretty sure make some people uncomfortable. But you know what? If you got uncomfortable by last week's message or the last two weeks' messages... You're in for a doozy this one. <laughs> this week we have my bro, uh, my cousin. This is my family, uh, my legit fam, <laughs> Omar Pickett. He's an elder. We serve at the same church together. We are both elders um, at Breakthrough Ministries Church of God in Christ. He is actually the youth pastor as well. And we had a very, very, um, if you're in the church world, I would say very controversial uh, <laughs> dialogue. But, you know, it's something that needed to be said um, that is on our hearts that was near and dear to both of our hearts so all i ask is that you have an open heart and open mind and you know you can carry on the conversations on our social media site as i've already said um and as you know we got to keep it real this is one faith so today we have a very special guest in the building he is a this is family like this is legit fam like we we are family for real. <laughs> this is my cousin, uh, and I'm excited about having him on the show today. Um, this is none other than my brother, my cousin, my fam, the elder, the Reverend Doctor, um, uh, uh, soon to be pastor. Oh, <laughs> uh, wait a minute! Wait a minute! You pastor? Oh, yeah. He's you pastor? Just keep me right there. I'll be keep me right, right there. there. We're going to go to YP, yeah. Elder Pickett. Oh, man. Uh, so glad to be here. Thank you so much, Elder Bishop Apostle McKnight. I'm just so <laughs> glad to be on this One Faith Radio show and uh, really I'm really excited about this topic we're going to talk about. It's really near and dear to my heart, and I really do believe that we're really going to have a great discussion that's going to cause people to really think and uh, buckle up. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. And like I said, man, this the whole purpose of this show is just to get people to think. Um, and right before we started recording this, you know, as we were talking, like, I was, this is one of those episodes where it's really going to cause people to think hard about, um, their faith and think hard about, you know, some of the things that they hold strong to, because we are going to come for everything. <laughs> we coming for it. We're taking no prisoners. Taking no prisoners. And whoever calls just have to call. <laughs> whoever takes just have to text. Yeah. Because we're going there. So. Um, today's topic, we are going to discuss um, two topics, actually, um, two very great topics. Uh, number one, we're going to be discussing um, Black Lives Matter. Um, we're going to be discussing the difference between the actual movement versus um, the concept of Black Lives Matter being a false god or a false idol. 
Um, and then we're going to move into another topic, which kind of segues from the Black Lives Matter uh, being an idol perspective or a thought into um, the concept of pride. And one of the things that we want to highlight with this pride movement is whether or not not just limiting it to gay pride or anything like that, but, you know, how this country as a whole, how we've been prideful on a lot of things, is this causing us as a country to stumble? You know, have we brought a lot of the things that's going on in this country with the coronavirus and uh, everything that's kind of taken on, taking, um, I believe, coming to a head of this year, um, everything that's, that's hitting us, you know, the economy going down and everything like that, is our pridefulness, you know, the sin of pride that has infiltrated this land, has that came to um, a head and has that caused us as a country to stumble or to fall? So, like I said, this is going to be a good show, y'all. This, this is going to be real good. Don't tune away. It's going to be really, really good. We're going to hit a lot of topics. We're going to hit a lot of points. Mm-hmm. So, yes, sir. ready to jump into it? I'm so ready. I'm so All ready. Right, so, the first... Um, part of the Black Lives Matter topic we're going to jump into is the differences between the concept of Black Lives Matter and the excessive pride and where it leads us to where we're not supposed to be, which is where we are today. (laughs) So, here's an interesting thing, and I'm a kind of, um, this has been a topic near and dear to my heart. I have a little bit of a perspective um, when it comes to this. Um, When we look at Black Lives Matter, um, it's so interesting because I see so many people that discuss the subject, that talk about the subject, and I think a lot of this really stems from why Black Lives Matter is even here. And I don't mean to th- um, hurt anybody's feelings or pull any punches, but I really do believe that Black Lives Matter is here uh, because the church and the body of Christ didn't do their jobs. Mm. I believe that it is our job, it was our job as believers to be the ministers of reconciliation, to speak to the culture about the issues that are and aren't right. We as the body of Christ had the opportunity to be the leaders, to say, hey, these are the things that need to be addressed. Here are the issues that we're seeing and we need to point out right from wrong. And we could have been the ones leading this effort in a biblical way. However, many of us didn't do it. Most of the body of Christ really turned away from it. Maybe because it was too difficult. Mm. Maybe because they were more concerned with being mega. Maybe because they were more concerned with making money. Mm. Maybe because they just didn't want to rock the boat. And they just wanted to kumbaya. And so because of that, and because they just wanted to sit in their churches and keep preaching the same old things, the same old way every single time, and not actually address the issue that their very congregation, that many people were feeling, I feel as if God has said, okay, well, if you won't address the issue of your day, I'm going to create a whole nother organization outside of the church Jesus. that's going to deal with this issue, Jesus. an issue that you were supposed to deal with, an issue that you were supposed to lead in a biblical way. And now as an organization that's, you know, and now people are going, well, Black Lives Matter, they say they stand for this, that's not of God. They stand for this, that's not of God. But in actuality, we should have been the ones leading it, but we are not. And now it is a not biblical, not godly per se organization, it's an organization solely built to help really elevate what is really something that we should have been elevating, which is justice for the community. Mm. That's something we should have been doing. And if we would have let it right, it's almost as if we let somebody else do our jobs. 
and now we're seeing it being done, and now there's no check when it comes to it. We could have been the ones that provided checks to go, hey, uh, here's the biblical way to look at providing peace, providing justice, and here's the godly way to do it where we're pointing people to Jesus in the process. But no, we decided to stay in our churches and just quote a scripture and just leave it alone. When we could have actually been the ones putting our faith into action. So now here comes an organization. They're not using scripture. They're just going out there. They're starting stuff. They're, you know, they're, they're doing what they want to do. And really their cause in general, the movement, if you look at it, it's about trying to, you know, bring hope. It's about trying to fix issues of police brutality and, and, you know, things of that nature. This was our job. We dropped the ball and now they're doing it. And now there's no check on the bibli- on how biblical it truly is. And I think to your point, um, and that's kind of a second question that kind of leads off of it. You know, do you think that this falls on um, the black church? Or the white church or the church it holds because when I look at a lot of the issues that's going on now it's really contingent upon um, the white church in my opinion um, having to address these issues head on um, and talk about these issues because we have so many white preachers who would rather um, step back from it or move away from the topic or move away from the concept instead of diving into it so you want to speak to, towards that? Do you think yeah, it's think, a, a, a universal church problem or is it just a a black church or a white church issue? Uh, you know, the body as a whole hasn't addressed it. Uh, but definitely you look at some of these larger churches that have white leaders that really could have led and stepped on the issue and they chose not to. Maybe either because politically they didn't align with it, maybe because they didn't see it as something that's affecting them. And they could have been the leaders on the forefront, and because they're not, the issue was very much ignored by the church. And now the church is almost, almost in a way, seen as the hindrance. Yeah, it's almost as the people look at the church now and think they're the hindrance to the movement, and that's so bad. Because the way I see it, when you look at actually Black Lives Matter, in theory, it should just be about helping to stop against police brutality and getting justice to make sure that we're not being treated unfairly. That's a cause that biblically the church could have gotten behind because the Bible says, just as you think on the least of these, mm-hmm. this is how you can come to me. Mm-hmm. This was very much a biblical goal and mandate that the church should have gotten behind. They didn't. And now another organization is taking it up. Um, and now they're espousing their things. And now they're totally prideful in their blackness and the people are feeding on them. And now people are becoming more and more prideful in their skin color, more and more prideful in their blackness. And if things are taken out of whack because there's no check, now things can fall all out of place. Mm. Now, good causes. Like, I don't think there's anything wrong with supporting black businesses. I don't think there's anything wrong with wanting, you know, equal justice under the law. I don't think there's anything wrong with making sure that black people can trust the police system. But if you create a place now where it's so much about blackness now that, you know, I don't even want to deal with anyone else that's outside of my race. I don't even want to, you know, associate myself with anyone out of my race because it's just all about being black. It's all about me. It's all about blackness. Now we have caused the pride to grow within the community. And the bad thing is that the church that could have been a check on it can't be a check on it because when they had the opportunity to be the leader on this issue biblically, they chose not to. And it's interesting you say that because my, my whole point about this is that I think that the only way that 
and this just goes in two terms of racial reconciliation too that the only way that any of this can be resolved honestly is if the church would step up like i feel like this falls into the wheelhouse of um one of the sins that the churches have overlooked for many years and have decided to you know we're not just gonna, we're not going to address we're not going to talk about it but where do we go from as a church like how do we move forward as a church as to addressing these issues as to making sure that you know it isn't coming across as oh we're behind the eight ball let's play catch up let's do damage control similar to what a lot of these companies are doing now because now that everyone realizes that hey black lives actually do matter <laughs> let's you know let's start contributing funds to uh, minority organizations let's start doing this that and the third you know how how can the church i won't say not play catch up but get ahead of the game in, in in terms of addressing this making sure that we don't fall behind in in doing or making the same mistake that we made before and see this is where now really now the church really has to walk a tightrope and um, this is where we have to be very careful in distinguishing between the concept of why people are really chanting Black Lives Matter versus the organization structure that is Black Lives Matter. I've seen a lot of talk on social media and I've seen a lot of preachers talk about, you know, Black Lives Matter. And when they talk about it, for some reason, the only thing on their minds are the organization. And so when they preach about it and they preach against it in their mind, they're preaching against the organization. What they did was they looked on the website, they saw what they stood for, they saw what they believed, and when they saw things they didn't like about it, now they're preaching against Black Lives Matter. But the key thing is, you have to realize that 90 to 95% of the people that's out there aren't looking at that website. They don't really know what that website's called for. <laughs> there's, as far as Black Lives Matter in the country, there's only 16 chapters in the entire country. Only two in the Southeast, one in Memphis, one in Nashville. There's no Black Lives Matter chapter in North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, and Florida. And yet people are out there chanting it. Not because they want to start an organization, but because they want this issue to be addressed. So I feel like the church in general needs to be leaders in addressing the issue of police brutality. They need to be in the forefront of the issue of addressing how do we make sure that there's good transparency between law enforcement and uh, the African-American black community. There has to be a trust there. There has to be a feeling that justice can be trusted in what's going on. If a police officer does something they're not supposed to do, we have to be able to speak to that issue. The church can't use this time to distract or to fall away because at this point, if you're not careful enough to preach, if you're preaching against the organization in which they may have things on there that biblically we don't stand for, when you preach against that, but you don't offer an alternative that addresses the concept of what people are looking for, you're looked at as a hindrance and not a progress. Mm. You're looked at like, oh, they're trying to take us back to don't even address it, don't even deal with it. And so you can look behind. And so the thing that's really important to me is that I believe the church needs to address that concept be the ones that's on the forefront saying yes we can make sure we're achieving the things that need to be done to help the community while at the same time making sure we're providing the biblical perspective people are not running away from a biblical perspective but if the church continues to look backward and if the church continues to look behind and if the church continues to look political and not biblical in the process they're going to look to the organization for leadership and not the body of Christ. You know, that's actually an interesting point because, as you said, people do want the Bible. They want the truth. But the fact of the matter is we 
politicize it so much that you know it's hard to distinguish the truth between the politics of what Black Lives Matter really is versus the actual cause of what people are, are looking at. Yeah, and I actually had a this is interesting, and I'm not gonna name the person because I this is somebody I've known from college and I really do believe him to be a person that loves the Lord but we had a conversation and this was uh, this is a, a Caucasian fellow um, I know him very well he loves the Lord and I know he loves the Lord mm-hmm. he's a pastor of a church mm-hmm. and we had a talk about Black Lives Matter and he started mm-hmm. talking to me about Marxism <laughs> and he started talking to me about um, you know oh my gosh let's just focus on race it's racism yada yada so forth and everything he was pointing out to me I said what did you choose what did you go to to get all this ideas? Oh, I looked at the website. And I'm like, did you actually talk to a black person? If you talk to a black person, they're not going to talk to you about Marxism. Right. I don't know how many people even listening to this show even know what Marxism is. I but mean, to be honest, I don't even know how many young black people know what Marxism no, is. No, they're going to be like, just not no, they're not, with no. And people are out there and it can cause the church to look toned down. Yeah. And what I'm saying is if we biblically put ourselves in position to address the issues. And there's still time for the church to do it. There's still time for the body of Christ to do it. But every time another preacher gets up and says something stupid, every time another person gets up there and says, you know, something that makes it seem like the church doesn't care or that the church really doesn't have a heart for the issue or that they really don't want to address the issues that are affecting the black community. Every time someone gets up there that has a large platform that does that, it draws people away. Mm. And when it, it, when the church does not take its place as leadership, somebody else will, mm. and they're going to allow that excessive pride to build up. Mm. They're going to maybe maybe it'll be the Hebrew Israelites, maybe it'll be the you know Black Panthers, maybe it'll be <laughs> something where people something's going to come take the place of the church if we're not there to provide good solid check. My but you know what people? I mean, those organizations already have, and that's the sad part because when you look at um, how a lot of our I hate to say it and I hate to sound racial but a lot of our white evangelicals how they have made this Black Lives Matter thing so minute it's like black people are they don't want to associate themselves with the black with the Christian re, uh, religion or want to associate themselves with that with the faith anymore because of the fact that we're so out of tune with um, caring about these matters as the as the church in whole how can we appeal more to the black demographics because one of the problems with the black black Hebrew Israelites <laughs> and some other um, kineticism you know all those other um, um, false religions how can we bring those people back to Christ um, under the precepts of what we've been taught what we've been preaching all these years and also bring in the concept of Black Lives Matter um, not the political concept of Black Lives Matter, but the actual, um, what's the word I'm looking for? The actual caring about Black lives, you know, the well-being of Black lives. And I, that's, that is the, you know, $10 million question the church needs to get answered. <laughs> because statistics say that 70% of our young people, mm-hmm. well, as soon as they get out of their parents' house, stop going to church. Mm-hmm. And they fall away. And we can't wait five years, ten years, fifteen years to figure this out. We need to figure this out like yesterday. This is why I believe a lot of people fall away from the church when they go off to college or just in general when they when they get of age. It's because they're tired of hearing the same crap <laughs> comes across pulpits every single Sunday. 
They're tired of hearing about sowing seeds and become blessed. They're tired of hearing people um, talk about the same stuff over and over every Sunday instead of actually talking about real issues or real topics or actually creating an actual experience with God. And my whole thing is when I graduated from high school and when I went off to college, I played around a little bit and I didn't leave the faith per se, but I did. I was a hypocrite in a lot of ways, but I was able to hold on to my faith. And I remember talking to a lot of different people with different beliefs and different things like that and how it can confuse your mind at that young age. Because if you're not really on a solid foundation or know anything about Christ altogether, all it takes is for someone to come to you with something that is so enticing and it can skew your mind. And I've seen a lot of that happen as a young as a young college student or as a young kid, you know, with some of my friends, with some of my family members, with people that I was close to. So it's like, you know, how can we as preachers preach more, I would say preach better messages? Like we have to because student people are going to fall away because of what we're putting out there. And a lot of it has to go to, I know you're ready to talk. You're ready, you're ready, you're ready, I'm, I'm ready, ready to yes. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm holding you back. But it's like so much of that is just, it, it, it's on my heart so bad because I look at so many young kids in the world today, especially black young kids, uh, and they they want to know the truth, but they can't get with it because of just how much we're not in tune <laughs> with it. We would rather preach people happy and all that good stuff instead of actually preaching the truth actually bringing forth an experience and that bothers me you have to follow the example of Jesus mm, Jesus true. was here and Jesus dealt with the issue of their day mm-hmm. there was issues of people that had leprosy he dealt with those issues he went to them and he got them healed if people were hungry he dealt with the natural need and then continued to deal with the spiritual he did not just become so hyper spiritual that he never dealt with the natural. You know, the, 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 the when Jesus was preaching uh, in that house and the four friends brought mm-hmm. there, uh, the paralyzed brought, brought men to Jesus, it, and he said, you know, he forgave him of his sins and caused him to rise up and walk. Um, you know, even today, all we would do is just care about forgiving their sins. We would not deal with the issue of them not being able to walk because right. we're so caught up in let's just stay so hyper spiritual that we don't deal with what's right in front of us mm. people want to see that the church is dealing with what's right in front of them mm-hmm. and I believe if people saw that the church was willing to be in the forefront of a lot of these very obvious issues they would want to be a part yeah. they would want to see they, they want relevance mm-hmm. and so we can do that and we can be relevant without all the way compromising everything we're supposed to do. We can still be the people of God and yet use our God-given anointing to speak to what they see as obvious issues. People want to be a part, and the church has a way to do that, but we have to put ourselves in position. We have to get the scales out of our own eyes, get the politics out of our faith, and just look at it and say, okay, God, what do you want us to do? How can we actually deal with this issue and not just go, well, it's bad now, but well, when we get to heaven, <laughs> what a day. What a you day know, gonna Satan be. rules this earth. It's just going to be bad. You know, it's the last and evil days. It's just, it's just how it's going to be. Could you imagine if we just, you know, if we just said that in slavery, it's just, it's just the last and evil days. So there's no way we should expect to ever be free of saints or, you know, it's just the last and evil day. We shouldn't expect anything better from Jim Crow. It's just the last and evil days. We should never expect to sit in the front of the bus. No, let's deal with the issue. Mm-hmm. 
And that's what the church needs to do. It needs to actually deal with the issues. And if it did that, I believe we can still be leaders in this forefront move of change because many of the people who are holding us back are sitting in those churches. Yeah, you're right. If the people sitting in the churches clearly want to change, it would be done. You're right. It would be done. It would. Racial reconciliation would be done in, in this country if the church let it. But right now, the church as of right now does not want to lead it. And that is the biggest problem. And as long as people see the church not leading it, they're going to go to every other source to try to lead them. That's going to lead them astray and make them excessively prideful in their race or in, in their skin color and everything else. And we, the church, won't be able to be a check because they'll look at us as the hindrance and not the problem. Hmm. And it's funny you said that because in the episode with racial, uh, racial reconciliation that I put out on episode three, for those who listening and want to tune in and see what I said, <laughs> I spoke on that because I talked about how um, with the sin of partiality, how if we're hurt in any aspect of our lives, we, we, we tend to find a way to fill that void. And it's funny that you said it because it's like, when, I, when you said it, I thought immediately about that point because it's like we tend to find something that will fill that void or that hold us in our heart instead of actually trying to fill that void with more of God and with more of Jesus. We'll try to fill it with things that will make us more happy. And in the, in the quest of finding things that make us more happy, you know, we are, of course, sinning against God because, you know, Jesus is our joy. Jesus is our all. And if we're not, you know, receiving him altogether, you know, it's going to be very hard to try to um, bring forth any new ideas or anything to someone who has been hurt and trying to fill that void. You know, I think that the church has to get back to, like, as you said, we have to talk about the issues in a way that will usher in the gospel and allow people exactly. to know who Jesus is. Exactly. And we can, that's what I'm talking about. We can preach on that issue and show Jesus within it. And then in that, it can lead to salvation. It could lead to souls being led to the kingdom that would not have been led to the kingdom. But so many times we have chose to hit, to hide from the mm -hmm. issue. We've chosen not to deal with it. Or even we've chosen to be political. And I mean, think about it. Like, why would the church be getting up and talking about, if you don't like this country, you should leave? I mean, where does that, where do you find that biblically anywhere? Where is that in the Bible? Where is that? How does that correlate to anything Jesus would have ever said? Now I tell you where it's at in the Bible. It's, it's, it's where one of them Pharisees or one of them kings tried to <laughs> try to keep his people. And so he didn't want to give up the slaves. Yeah, I mean, Jesus preaches preached to the, even the lowest of the low and helped to offer them up, and that's the type of gospel we should be preaching. And if that were preached, not just in the black churches that are in the poor communities but in the right the white churches that are in the rich communities mm. and if they heard that gospel message yeah it might convict some people yes some people might leave yes some people might not give those same types but they need to hear it but they need to hear it they need to be convicted of it and it will cause their hearts to change but you know what that's that's one of the major problems right there that point you just made the the white churches in the rich communities and the black churches in the rich communities too but you know you got to address that issue with your congregation, no matter what their demographic is or what, how much money they have in their bank account, because 
they need to know for, at the forefront what the issues are and they need to know how to address it biblically because we can preach and teach and do all these great things but if we don't know how to address these issues biblically with the right spirit with the right mandates it's going to call it's going to cause people to just lose their minds especially the older older people that have money they're going to want to leave the church and stuff like that or leave your church because you're like hey you're making this a political thing and it's exactly not what it is it's not a political thing it's more of an issue and as the church we should be more um in tune with those issues more in tune with how to address these issues and everything like that so and the young people too because young young people people, the young people are looking for answers and if you if you're standing in the way they will not be there to support you so oh this new generation we different like <laughs> and that's something that me and my wife said like we, we came to that agreement like we're different like we're not going to sit around and just take take too much crap like if you're not going to address it we'll address it if you're not going to talk about it we'll talk about it if you're not going to do it we'll do it because we're not afraid to do it hey fam look now is not the time to be living in fear or to be feeling hopeless about what's going on in the world today I know that there's a lot of uncertainty, a lot of pain, a lot of anger, and a lot of frustration, but just know that you're not alone in that. You see, I want you to know that God has not forgot about you, your dream, your vision, or his promise. See, God will provide for you. Not only that, but God has never left your side, even when it seems like he has. I just want you to know that whatever you're going through, or whatever has your heart feeling so heavy right now, just let it go. Give it to God. And allow him to give you love, joy, peace, and a sound mind. If you need prayer or want to know more about this Jesus that I'm talking about, text one faith to 55444. Again, that's the number one in faith to 55444. I will connect with you and I will pray with you.